And good Saturday morning, and within just a few minutes, depending on where you're located along the coast, 30 minutes before sunrise is the opening of the Louisiana teal season. Uh, Looks like some pretty good reports for southwest Louisiana. We'll get a live in the blind report from uh, Captain Kirk Stansel hunting out there with Hackberry Rod and Gun later on. Also, we'll get a report from Ryan Lambert down near the mouth of the river. Those two areas probably in pretty good shape as far as the teal, but other areas uh, not nearly so good. Uh, Only 7,000 birds reported total in the southeastern marshes. However, over in southwest Louisiana, they had another 257,000, which is a 23% increase, 89% decrease on the eastern part of the state, and zero teal in Catahoula Lake. Of course, that can change. We'll get some reports from you teal hunters. Also, we're asking you to weigh in on the redfish decline. What do you think is the number one cause if you had to pick one? And here's one that says the population of Texas and Florida have tripled since 1970. Bound to be more fishermen involved. The human population increase causes a lot of problems. That's from Redneck James. Uh, then we have uh, Jerry from Kenner listening to us this morning. He says that uh, his thoughts are redfish decline in Lake Pontchartrain is from the school of pogies. The lake used to have schools along the shoreline. Uh, he's caught three rat reds, four between 16 and 25 two between 27 and 35 and none with a CCA tag. So his vote goes to the pogey boats for having uh, uh, the, the diminished the bait fish. So it's hard to get some of these texts when they jump around. Uh, let's see. This one says, Dave from Lafitte, good morning. I remember an article in the Times-Picayune in the 1990s. I talked about the breaking down of the marsh would provide large amounts of food for fish until the point where marsh loss ends that food source and then not enough feed to support the fish boom that had been created. And uh, I believe 100% in that. It's called the point of diminishing returns. We had a solid marsh. As it broke up, it created more edge, created more habitat, created more bait. But it finally gets to a point where it erodes so badly, there's not enough left to produce those things anymore. And that is why... Coastal restoration is so important. All right, here's one that says, uh, this is the steel man. He's checking in from Gaydon. Big Bird, Jay Bull, and him are chasing them teal birds today. Going to have a report on the results next week. They had a lot of birds on the lease last weekend. They're hopeful. Yeah, your area should be good. They said that rice field country around Gaydon was the number one holding spot for teal. They got fried frog legs and shrimp, so they're good no matter what. (laughs) Hopefully duck hunting, uh, happy hunting. And let's see, this one, oh, here we go. This is from Daughter Number 1 in Woodsboro, Texas. Uh, we did the Daddy-Daughter radio show last week, which I really enjoy. Uh, you got to agree, she's, she's very talented. Uh, she can do a lot of things, but uh, and radio is one of them. She does a great job. I enjoy doing those shows. She said this weekend, uh, she's got another special white-winged dove weekend with the, the, the German shorthair pointers. Going to be eating a barbecue lunch at Tuttle's, which is the exquisite dining place in Woodsboro, Texas. If you go through Woodsboro, stop at Tuttle's. Uh, they also do some good deer processing there. And this one says all the redfish got burned up in Lake Leary. Uh, and Lafitte LT says reds will be okay. If you remember just a couple years ago, specks were hard to find just going through their cycles. Boy, I sure hope you're right, and that is certainly a good possibility. Here's one says the reduction of food sources are impacting the redfish. You don't see the small pogies in the bayous and lakes. If the major food source is no longer available, 
I would bet it impacts population. I no longer see the acres of pokies on the surface of Breton Sound anymore. I would see them covering the Gulf for miles on calm days. Used to throw the cast net in my boathouse every day and catch as many as I wanted. Not anymore. And there's another vote for a lack of bait, lack of food, turns into lack of fish. Another one says, I saw half-eaten redfish in Lake Catherine. Sharks are taking over. I would bet you to say that those half-eaten redfish were being pulled in by a fisherman, and the shark got it, and he threw it over because why keep ahead? That's my thinking on that. And here's one says, during the pandemic, an army of fishermen were hitting the marsh in that area that I fish, which is the Wrigley's to the chef on any given day. It was hard to find a place to cast a line. You add Ida, and it's easy to believe that overfishing took place. Bass have suffered the same fate. How many people, when they couldn't catch trout, turned their focus on the reds and the bass? And here I include guides. All right, thanks for your comments. If you want to weigh in, it's 504-260-1870. Another says, Mississippi's not lacking in redfish. I work at a large shipbuilder next to the ship at 10.30 a.m. Never knew shrimp was so acrobatic. And finally, uh, good morning, Don. Your squirrel and rabbit combo gumbo in the latest Rouse's magazine looks pretty good. However, I was informed by the missus I wouldn't be allowed to cook it since we have pet rabbits. Yeah, that could be a conflict. But he has, uh, I guess I have to volunteer as a camp cook somewhere unless you need a sous chef for an upcoming squirrel and rabbit combo gumbo shoot on Bayou Wild TV. Have a great weekend. That's from our Alabama listener, David Hubble. Yeah, in the Rouse's uh, magazine, Market Magazine, they asked me to do a, a, gum, a gumbo recipe for squirrel and rabbit because those seasons are opening up October 1st. All right, we come back after this. Mike Gallo joins us. We'll get his fishing report from Born on the Bayou right after this time out on the Outdoors with Town Dubuque Radio Network. And our Born on the Bayou report with Captain Mike Gallo is a presentation of CETO. You know CETO. They call them AAA on the water. For $199 for a whole year, you get a membership. And it is renewable. You'll get fuel drops, 24-7 tow-ins, electrical jump start problems, whatever it takes to get you back safely to the dock, they're there for you. Call Captain Chris. He'll sign you up, 504-301-4545, or do it online com. Captain Mike joins us now. And, Captain Mike, what's your plans for this September Saturday morning? You're going to be uh, wearing some Kevlar where you're going fishing for the teal hunters out there? <laughs> no, I'll stay out of the marsh. I don't, want to, I don't want to bother the poor teal hunters. We're going to fish in some of the deeper passes in the area with some live shrimp on the bottom and hopefully come across some trout if things follow the pattern they have been. We should catch a fair amount of trout. There'll probably be a 70-30 split of white trout to speckled trout. 70-30 whites to specks. Um, what's the size of those white trout been? We actually had some white trout up to 15 inches. That we've got to where we started culling the small ones out quite a bit. Um, I'm in luck this morning. My clients have to fly out on a plane, so they're not going to keep Two very many fish, which may mean I'll have some fresh fish for the LSU game. You know, Mike, we're concerned about speckled trout, talking about reducing the limit down to 15. Uh, some people think it should be three. Uh, now we've got a lot of people ringing the alarms, uh, panicking over the redfish. But those white, the mighty white trout, every year they come back. There's no size limit. There's no creel limit on them. 
people catch them and, and make big fish fries with them. Why do you think we don't have a problem with white trout? I don't think they're actually targeted as much as the speckled trout and the redfish. Um, that is an interesting question because most people tell you they don't want them, but yet they never grow to four pounds. And if everybody was throwing them back, <laughs> you would think they would be pretty big after a while. I keep them. I don't have an issue with them as long as you cook them. You know, I like to cook them the same day, but I like to cook all my fish the same day. I guess it's a perk of being a guy. I don't really fr- freeze too many fish. Now, fresh fish, certainly uh, you can't beat that. But Daryl Carpenter did give me a, a really good tip that I've used for white trout is if you batter them up and freeze them with the batter on them, uh, then when you go to deep fry them, they won't have that mushy fall apart type thing you would if you if you just tried to keep them for a few days, you know, without the exactly. batter on. The batter seems to help hold them together. Right, right, right. They're a very good eating fish, and, you know, you don't have to just fry them. I do them in the microwave like we've done before, and, you know, they come out really good cooked in the microwave. I sometimes put them on the grill in aluminum foil, and they're really good that way with some onions. You know, make me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we used to be able to go offshore and uh, just load up ice chests full of, of white trout, three, four pounds, and you just don't see those anymore. It's really a mystery fish, It's and so is the croaker. You know, there's tons and tons and thousands of small baby croakers. We use them for bait, but try to catch a decent-sized croaker for the frying pan, and that's difficult. And white trout, we got no limits on them, size limits, numbers limits. People wear them out year after year. They're always there. You just don't have any big ones. Yeah, yeah. And when I was a kid in the in the 70s, we targeted croaker at some of the closer in offshore rigs in the Gulf. And that's a very good eating fish when they get, you know, good enough to give you a decent fillet. Very yeah. good eating. Yeah, there were some places around Lake Pontchartrain that were known for those bull croakers, and you used to see them on recipes, uh, on menus in the restaurants and uh, very popular fish, but now, if and, you know, I see some of the fishing rodeos still have them as a category, and, you know, a four- or five-ounce fish wins a trophy now in the croaker category, which is a little ridiculous, but I guess it's tradition. Well, Mike, anything else you want to add? We got a west wind, very light. We got an incoming tide for most of the day, so your choice is going to be those deep passes, you think? Yeah, we'll be fishing in the deep passes. That's been the pattern most of the summer, and um, it's still holding true. We have a full moon today. Um, You can tell the full moon, from what I understand, as when the moon touches the horizon, the sun is rising at the same time. That's the day of the full moon. There's some useless information for today. I wouldn't say it's useless at all. Wouldn't say it's useless at all. Well, Mike, we know how to get you on your website, aaofla.com. They know how to get you on my site, dontheoutdoorsguy.com. Uh, maybe they don't have that telephone number memorized. Tell them how to give you a call and take advantage of that no fish, no pay guarantee. Very simple. You can reach me at 985-781-7811. And I would say my take on the lack of redfish, which I definitely see a decrease in the one- to two-year-old redfish, and that would be the five named storms we had in 2020, which took place during the redfish spawn. That would coincide with that age class that seems to be missing, right? Yep, it sure does. Makes sense. 
Always great talking with you, Mike. Good luck today. Uh, we'll catch up with you next week, and hopefully we'll get some of the weather they're talking about in the 60s during the week next week. Should be nice. I'm ready for that. Yes, indeed. All right, Mike, we'll see you next week. Thank you for the report again. There he goes, uh, born on the bayou, Captain Mike Gallo. All right, coming up next, uh, see if we can get us a paddler's report. Haven't heard from Brendan Bayard lately, but maybe we'll hear from him this morning. Let's find out right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. It's time for our strokers slash paddlers slash pedal boat report with Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club, and it's a presentation of Massey's. You're going to find a Massey's in Mid-City, New Orleans. You'll find one in Covington and one in Baton Rouge, and you're going to find inside some of the best kayak models from brands like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, and Native Watercraft. And if you're looking for accessories, they've got it, any of the products. And if you want to take part in the demo days, be listening to this show and also check out their Facebook page and their website, MasseyOutfitters.com. Brendan Bayard joins us now. And, Brendan, you took a little change. You've been doing some bass fishing this week. Uh, where'd you go and what'd you find? Uh, we went over to uh, my family's uh, little camp over there by Chico, uh, basically right across the street from it. Uh, we also hit up Chico State Park at the same time when you're there. It's just so easy to, you know, fish a couple of different places, you know, throw the kayaks in the truck and then go hide underneath the Tupelo gums and, and get out of the sun for a little bit if uh, if you want. So uh, we went over there and did that this Labor Day weekend and had a blast. We we all caught lots of lots of bass. We caught one that was uh, about seven and a half pounds. We caught some fours. Uh, we caught a bunch of, you know, good small eating size bass and uh it, we caught them on a variety of things we we threw we caught them on frogs we caught them on crankbaits creature baits big worms uh it was fun it was a nice change sound like you hit it right i love that chico state park so scenic to go back into those cypress and tupelos and catch those fish uh did you get a, a cabin how far in advance did you have to make a reservation to get labor day weekend if you got a cabin down there well, that's the good thing is uh, I have a family camp that's across the street, so I just have to pay the day the day code to get in there. Uh, you know, it's just a, a dollar a person, and so I'm sleeping across the street for free. <laughs> but I think you can get those cabins over there, uh, you know, if you get on that park website and reserve them. Sometimes they go pretty pretty quick for the, uh, you know, the the uh months in the spring or the or the fall but i think summer's probably a little bit easier to get and uh you know just check the availability on the website lots of great parks and that particular park has some great cabins that are right on the water so uh, wonderful place to stay in louisiana yeah. a lot of our state parks have some really overlooked fishing opportunities well let's talk about some coastal fishing from a kayak you know we had to ride the bull which was pretty successful a couple weeks ago what's been going on lately yeah, we're still uh, seeing a lot of trout down on the on the coast. Uh, everybody's kind of getting ready for that fall and tide tournament that we have coming up in three weeks down in Grand Isle. Uh, changing it to Grand Isle, um, I don't, I can't remember ever having it in Grand Isle. But uh, you know, after Ida, we we moved a lot of the tournaments down Highway 23, and it was only fair to move this one back to Highway One. And everybody's excited about attacking that uh that fishery in the fall which we really usually don't get to do and the flounder opportunities are going to be great to complete that slam that you're looking for when you're fishing a slam tournament 
people have been out there scouting pretty hard and uh you know the fishing has been pretty good a little bit more throwback trout right now than there usually is in the beginning of the summer but that's okay there's still some decent trout mixed in uh there's still trout along the coast right there on the beach and then they're moving they're working their way back up and so you'll still find uh you know good opportunities midway in the estuary even to the top of the estuary uh, you know redfish are a little bit harder this year but uh, i think the flounder make up for it uh which which has been kind of a banner year for flounder so we i think we're going to have a, a good amount of slams coming up in three weeks Brendan, we got a, a flounder closure coming up from october the 15th all the way through the end of november 30th it's their prime spawning season do you think that might have been a little premature given what you've seen this year and flounder rebound yeah i mean if uh, you know, if we would have acted a little bit sooner, you know, back in 2008 or so, uh, or, or maybe after we got some of that data at the beginning of the BP spill, I think that could have made a big difference back then. Uh, I think it's almost corrected itself by now. And uh, I've, the last two years, I've, I've been seeing some great flounder. That's good news. Well, Brendan, thanks so much for the report. Glad you had a nice Labor Day weekend with the family over there at Chico. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right. Thanks, Don. Take care. All right. That is Brendan Bayard, one of our field reporters. Next week uh, filling in will be Eric Mohabarak. We'll get his take on uh, fishing from a paddle craft. In their case, a pedal craft. I like a pedaling kayak. Myself. It leaves your hands free. It's so much more advantageous. All right. Here's, uh, let's see, Mike in Historic Bayou Liberty. Big Mike. He's telling us there's a lot of shooting going on around Bayou Liberty. He hopes it's teal and not the wood ducks. I'm with you there. Here's another text that says, okay, Don, now you've done it. We're talking about bull croakers. We were talking about bull croakers last trip. As kids, they were caught off the seawall right there in Lake Pontchartrain. Can you even buy bull croakers anyplace? You got my appetite moving for boudin this morning. Oh, the smell of fried fish. Uh, I don't know of anywhere, um, possibly if they happen to be available, you could find some on a very sporadic basis at some of the fish markets, but I don't know of any place, and maybe if somebody does that can produce croakers uh, in a deli or seafood market, let me know where, in fact, that is, and I'll pass that information along. 504-260-1870. I will tell you this. Uh, croaker was the favorite fish of a lot of people. Uh, I, I never really was crazy about I me. Mean, I eat croakers as I eat a trout or a redfish or a puppy drum, but some people said they had a real sweet flavor to them and really like croaker. I'll tell you uh, my croaker story. It was after Katrina. Uh, there was a barge that was uh, pushed up on land as a result of the storm surge. And we happened to be, Captain Hillwagner and I happened to be doing a, a fishing report for the fishing game report for TV. We were returning from uh, the Shell Beach area. And we were coming down the Mr. Go, right where it meets the intercoastal waterway. And we saw birds swooping. And there was a, a barge, a tugboat, that was pushing that barge off the land, pulling it back out in the water. And this was months and months after Katrina. They finally got around to it. And they were churning up the bottom. And there was muddy water and there was seagulls swooping down. And when we got close to check it out, there were literally thousands of croakers that were being uh, killed from the, the muddy water. They couldn't breathe. It was an oxygen problem, and the, the birds were, were tearing them up, and we decided to scoop up as many. We had a whole boat, bottom of the boat was full of croakers. Of course, there's no limit on croakers, size or quantity limit. So uh, his, his mom that was one of our favorite fish, and uh, we, we gave her a real treat. We had more croakers than we needed to do with. 
Again, not big croakers, but these were big enough to, to put the knife on. All right, we come back after this. It's bad boy time. Yet another guy, he decided he wanted to be a charter captain, but didn't have the proper licenses. That doesn't work. We'll tell you his story next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, catching up on a few texts. Uh, someone looking for a place to catch pompano. Uh, i tell you what, the intel is very scarce on pompano. When people do find them, they don't really spread it out and I really couldn't give you any consistent places. I know out in the sound, they catch them out there from time to time. But as far as giving you directions to a place where your chances are very good, I would not be able to do that. Uh, maybe I'll ask some of my reporters, and maybe they can get that for you next week. Uh, here's one that says, I have an envey for a fish stew with tomato. Do you have any favorite recipes for that? Which fish is best? Sounds like you're talking about a redfish cubion which is spelled court bouillon. If you're looking it up, I have one on my website. But I tell you, go to Bayou Wild TV, look under our recipes with John Foltz. We did a couple of uh, fish with tomato uh, gravies and stews. I think you'll find one there that you'll like. And here's a couple. The one says that the reason for the redfish decline is the overfishing of the crabs. That's Deke from Norco, and crabs, of course, is one of their main sources of food. Uh, his one says, Don, too many reds out there. They eating all the crabs. Look at crab meat, then put on the grill. Quit letting them go. Big Mike. He thinks we need to take more reds to increase the crab population. And Deke says we got uh, too many reds, uh, too many people catching the crabs, and that is affecting the redfish population. And uh, Jason, my barber, he got some Uncle Larry's gumbo. And he loves it. Uh, I figured you would. Uh, and that's a good compliment for Uncle Larry because, Jason, I know you're a gourmet gumbo guy. All right, we'll come back after this quick pause. It's time for our bad boy story. Another guy was posing as a charter guide and uh, got cited by the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. His story's next, right after we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Well, after getting some intel that a 25-year-old Lafayette man was operating as a charter guide without a charter guide license, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries agents Lieutenant Joey Thompson and Corporal Jonathan Boudreaux found that Dylan Hargrave was conducting unlicensed charter fishing trips out of Grand Isle. During the investigation, the agents found that Hargrave advertised charter fishing trips on social media. Not good idea, Dylan. Not good at all. The agents made contact with Hargrave on August 27th in Grand Isle, and at that time he did not possess a charter guide license and cited him for the alleged charter guide violation, for which, if convicted, is facing a maximum fine of $950, possibly spending up to 120 days in jail. Is 25-year-old alleged charter guide imposter Dylan Hargrave of Lafayette, Louisiana, making Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fishery agents' jobs easier every day. Our bad boy of the outdoors. All right, uh, yeah, let's get back to the text. Man, bad boys never run out of stories. I got I got to pick which ones we do every week. There's so many of them. All right, uh, let's see. We got uh, some more text coming in. Um, have you ever heard of Hannah Barron Outdoors? I came across a channel. Take a look at her love for the outdoors. Tim. No, there's so many people now on uh, social media. Uh, you can't really keep There's not enough hours in a day to keep up with all of the stuff that's uh, online nowadays. 
All right, let's see. We got uh, had another one that had something to do with uh, the crabbing again. A lot of people saying that, you know, we, we, we I kept a record here, and I've got people that are saying the reason for the demise of the redfish, a lot of people think it's the pokey boats, the Menhaden boats taking the spawners, but we're hearing there's a lot of bull redfish being caught. Uh, that was uh, evidenced by the Ride the Bull, and Darryl Carpenter says coming out of pass is full of them, people limiting out and releasing very quickly. Uh, some people are blaming the number of charter guides. Uh, coastal erosion finally taking its toll on redfish. Could that be it? Uh, poor spawning success for the last few years. And uh, that age class seems to be missing. And that's the ones that would be targeted, the 16 to 27 inches. Maybe that's it. A lot of people believe uh, the, the negative impacts from Hurricane Ida and so many storms we had. Some people think it's too much fresh water coming in through the diversion. Uh, also, the uh, Bonacari Spillway. We've had a number of openings in a short period. Um, bow fishing pressure and uh, rod and reel pressure from the recreationals. If it is found to be overfished, and that would mean that for whatever reason there's a lack of redfish, there's too much fishing pressure, and by taking out too many fish from the population, we don't leave enough for it to sustain itself then that's when it would be time to change regulations. I would not look for that to happen maybe for a couple of years. Um, you, it takes time to accumulate data over a number of years to, to make a trend. And like I was talking with Brendan, perhaps the flounder, uh, since there was a comeback, a bounce back this year, and again, that could be a fluke, but we're going to have a closure that's brought about because the species and they said it, it's overfished, but it's not caused by overfishing. There were other causes that brought about the problem with the flounder. Speckled trout got problems. Redfish got problems. Flounder got problems. What's next? Could it be the sheephead? We'll find out. All right, we'll come back after this. Take a little trip out to the teal blind. We'll check out Captain Ryan Lambert. He's down at Cajun Fishing Adventures on this opening day of teal season. And the report says there was a lot of birds near the mouth of the Mississippi. Are they near him? We'll find out next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Oh, during the fishing times, we call him the plastic man because he throws plastic. But during the hunting season, we call him the man of steel because he's using that non-toxic shot to hunt those ducks like teal. And it's opening day this morning. Ryan, what are you guys seeing? They got some birds. Uh, I got these two old, old guys with me that when they, they pass quick and they just can't get their gun up. <laughs> well, Which thanks I for being brutal. They don't want to say their name on there. <laughs> thanks for being brutally honest. <laughs> yeah, no, well, you no. know, the, re the report The report is looking so bad. I mean, you probably have most of the, the teal. They said they're near the mouth of the Mississippi River, but 89% fewer teal in the southeast sectors that they flew over this week yeah but you know the full moon was last night we got a cool front coming this week they you know, that's just teal hunting you know they, they coming they'll be here <laughs> uh the dog's bringing the third one back right now we had some early in the decoys we didn't shoot before daylight you know before shooting time then we had about four or five more in the decoys that we just couldn't seem to couldn't seem to get our guns up. <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it takes, a while. Takes, takes a while to get this stuff going first day. I forgot to ask you, Kenley, has she had her puppies yet? Somebody was asking uh, me last week. Either the 19th or the 20th. She's a fat little thing. There's a wood duck going by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you got to be careful with them. It, it, looks so, it looks so funny to see a fat Kenley, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
indeed. Well, I'm getting some reports, uh, other people saying, seeing no ducks in Lake Catherine, no shooting. Another one says, worst teal season opener. That's Mike in Myrtle Grove. Oh, Here's really? one in South Louisiana. Haven't seen a single teal yet. Yeah, I'm telling you, the report was, was bleak. There's zero teal in, in Catahoula Lake, 89% really? few in the southeast, and they said there were 7,000, only 7,000 teal in all of southeast Louisiana, and you probably got 6,000 of them down there near you. Cause that's yeah, because every, every one of my blinds is shooting up a storm. Yeah, so, uh, that's where they yeah, – now, you know what? Let me tell you what else is down there. 6,000 and 4,000, that would be 6,400 um, whistling ducks between the Black Valley and the Fulvis Tree Ducks. We are missing out on those guys. Are you seeing any of them in your area? Yeah, I, I just saw a big flag go over the top. But they're leaving, they're leaving today. They don't, they're leaving. This is it. You know, Carmen had 80 in the yard yesterday, and when she wakes up today, she's going to be a lonely lady without her ducks. Because she loves them ducks. She goes out and feeds them every day. And I said, baby, I said, tomorrow they'll probably be gone, you know, because all the little ones are ready to go. Yeah. Tell uh, people about that that teal call you use in there, that that high-pitched teal call. How do you do that to to attract the teal? Well, that's that's, that's for the – watch that one right there, guys. Don't shoot, don't shoot, model duck. So that's 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 a blue wing teal call, you know. It's uh, that's all they do, you know. Uh, you know, as you know, the green wing teals whistle, you know. They like that's green wing, but you know, you don't get that many green wings. Maybe ninety eight percent blue wings this time of year, and you know, that's just and here they come. Watch this one come down now, come now, get ready, get ready, get ready, take it, take it, take him again, okay. Take him again. Because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't take him good oh, the first time. Fun. <laughs> uh, that's fun. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I had to uh-oh. finish off sound, taking him. <laughs> sound like a cripple, huh? Oh, yeah, you guys I, sound I, like I you're having fun. Yeah, see, this Yo. time of year, you do not want your dog out of sight because there's giant alligators, and you've got to be cognizant of that. So I don't let my dog get out of sight. If the a, a, a bird is crippled, you got to take him down right away. Yeah. So y'all going fishing after the hunt? Yep, we got casting blasts happening. That's model ducks, guys. These guys want to kill. They just like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to fish after. Everybody's going to fish, and uh, I'm going. I got six alligator tags. We got to fill next week. I got to get rid of some of these dog eaters we got around here. So yeah, it's, it's full speed along. So um, I think, you know, tonight they're going to have a lot, a lot of more birds coming in. You know, right now, about 8 o'clock, we'll get a flight. The migrators will start coming down the, the river, and we'll shoot them. You know, they just get on their flight path, and I'm I'm right on one. So I have no no problems thinking I can kill them because there's been 200 birds. Every time I've been by my blind, there's been 200 birds sitting around it the last few days. So... We'll yeah. kill them. Well, uh, well, here's the thing, and, and Wildlife and Fisheries made this statement, and I agree with it 100%. There has never been a, a, a correlation between the survey numbers and the actual harvest numbers during teal season. In other words, even though they, they look bad, it can turn out to be good as far as the hunting, or it can be good on the numbers and be bad on the hunting. There's so many variables about water levels and fronts that come through and storms that happen. Oh. So 
even though it, it may be a, a poor picture right now, that can change, like you say, overnight. But you guys are sitting in the catbird seat because most of the birds in southeast Louisiana, and there's very few, they're all down there by you, according to what I'm Dang saying. Dang the luck. I had all the guys from Venice, you know, they was at the lodge. I mean, there's so much anxiety. It was like it was like in a frenzy because they, they didn't have a spot where they had a lot of birds. I said, guys, it's not about a spot when teal season. You sit there and you watch the flyways. You set up on the flyway. You go kill the birds. They're gonna come through sooner or later. You know, last night was also the everything turned last night. You know, the 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 redfish spawned last night. I mean, we, we day before yesterday we just smashed the boats. Every customer probably had 15 on top water base, and they was just dripping. They was dripping. So uh, everything spawned out last night. So this this moon is what turns everything. The teal will start coming. Everything's gonna happen. We have got a cold front coming this week. I have I, I'm not worried at all. It's it's on. Blue wings and redheads the only thing that that has a good numbers that that added and everything else is down. So it's gonna be a tough season altogether. Yeah, well, it's a good bird to have plenty of. Ron, we're gonna let you get the business and uh, we'll check in with you next week and get another report from the blind. All right, my buddy. Okay, Captain Ryan Lambert, Cajun Fishing Adventures. They also do duck hunts, as you can hear. All right, coming back after this, we go from the far eastern part of the state to the west, out to Hackberry. We'll check out uh, Captain Kirk Stansel, find out how they're doing on this opening morning of teal season. Back right after this. And we talk to Captain Kirk Stansel, Hackberry Rod and Gun. They are out hunting the teal birds this morning. Captain Kirk, what are you guys seeing so far? You've been out there about 30 minutes in legal shooting time. What's it look like? Uh, well, there's not a whole lot in the marsh right now. Uh, we're, we, In fact, I, when the phone rang, I picked up the phone, answered it, and a flock came in. They kind of came from a blind side. We got one out of one shot, one kill. And uh, my hunting partner here got him. So that's what we've – I've heard a little bit of shooting around, but not a lot yet. But that happens a lot. Uh, you know, we're in we're in the marsh. And th- a lot of these teal are in the, the fields or up in the, you know, the shallow stuff on the edges of the marsh. And once people start banging them, they'll start moving around out here a little later in the morning. Yeah, well, at least you you got the birds around there. Let me tell you, some of the reports right. I've got this morning are just horrible from the eastern part, the central part, uh, with the exception of down there at the mouth of the Mississippi River where they always have good bird hunting down there, but it just doesn't look good. But then again, as everybody says, you know, we've got a full moon, got a little front coming next week. That can change in a hurry. Oh, yeah, it can. You know, these birds are, are coming. They're coming through. That, you know, we always way shoot our birds in the marsh as they, as they migrate through. And a lot of times, it's not, you know, not like in the rice fields where they bang them early. It's late morning flights that come through because they've shot them in the rice fields and then they, they're, they're leaving. In fact, so I you see can, so, so you can sleep late. <laughs> I'm That's kidding. right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm watching a little bunch <laughs> off in the distance coming our way. Right now, they're you, high. Golly. Yeah. How do you set up decoys for teal as opposed to oh, big we, You know, I mean... I, we don't use as many as many decoys as we do for big ducks, but uh, that flight's going to go fast to the north about quarter mile. So no, they're they're not interested in us, <laughs> they, and they were too far to call. So <laughs> yeah. Do you see many green wings this time of year? Or is it mostly all? No, green? hardly hardly any. It's almost all. It, I'd say it'd be it's ninety nine percent blue wings. 
I wonder what it is that makes those green wings uh, stay and come later in the winter. You know, the you know I don't know, for, but the, you know the blue wings they go farther south, so maybe that's why they leave earlier. But yeah. uh, you know, when we get a front, you'll see a pintail once in a while. Some spoonies come through. Uh, a rare gadwall or gray duck, but that you know mostly it's just blue wing teal. Well, I'm sure if y'all hang in there and uh, catch that late morning flight when they get them busted out of those rice fields, you guys should have a good day. You going fishing after? You got a little uh, casting with the blasting? I don't personally, but we do have several. We got, in fact, you know, this for teal season, we we had uh, I think seven or eight boats go out. Had seven boats go out this morning, and then uh, there's a bunch of whistling ducks just went over, about thirty of them. Those are full of us. Yeah, those are full of us. We need to take advantage of that while they're here. You know, we need to get them to let us take some shots at those guys. No reason why we shouldn't. Uh, They're hidden because they they leave. Yeah, they'll be gone. Well, Kirk, good talking to you. Good luck on the teal hunt. We'll check in with you again next week. And in the meantime, somebody wants to get you, they can go to Hackberry Rod and Gun. Give us that telephone number. Okay, it's toll free. It's 888-762-3391. All right, guys, shoot right, straight, and we'll see you next time. Coming. Okay. Go bye. get them. <laughs> All right, there you go. Excitement on a Saturday morning show. we got fish in the water and ducks in the air. We'll be back again next week and do this all over again. Thank you for all the text messages. Thanks to our field reporter. Thanks to our studio engineer, Tim Zimmer. We'll be back again via the Westwood One Network, where you listen to the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network.